Hey everyone, thanks for joining me on episode 18 of my Houston Sports Podcast. My name is Jeff Balke. I'm a writer for Houstonia Magazine and the Houston Press. I also talk sports on Houston Public Media's Houston Matters program most Mondays at 12.45 p.m. on KUHF 88.7. You can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is at Jeff Balke, J-E-F-F-B-A-L-K-E. Or you can reach me via email at jeffbalke at gmail.com. You can also find an archive of all my podcasts as well as links and notes from each one at my website, jeffbalke.com. And uh, today, Houston sports, man. Houston freaking sports. I've only got two topics for you today because, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I could handle a third after last night's uh, uh, disaster across many different uh, realms when it comes to Houston sports. And, and I mean, you know, look, I say this, you know, partially facetiously, but the truth is, is that, you know, we're in an... Last year, we were all spoiled, by the Astros run, you know, um, and, you know, we've, and the Rockets were really, really good, and we're like, hey, they were just a hamstring away, and then you have nights like last night, uh, Wednesday night, that are just, they're humbling to you as a Houston sports fan, they just, they remind you of where you're from, it's like, they're just like, hey, by the way, look at all this sunshine, oh yeah, Hurricane Harvey, it's like, it just feels like there are times, and, and look, the truth is it probably happens all over the place. I, you know, the woe is me thing is probably true of everybody from, uh, you know, Miami to L.A. to Jacksonville. Definitely Jacksonville. What am I talking about? I'm sure everybody thinks that they're cheated, and, and uh, especially in sports, you know, we all sort of feel jilted. Um, but let's start with topic one, and that's the Astros. Um you know, after sweeping the Indians, I think there was, you know, a lot of belief out there that this team was going to make short order of the Red Sox. I didn't think that was the case. I did think they were going to win this series. Um, I just thought it was probably going to go to like six games. I thought it was going to be a, a, a tough series. Look, the Red Sox are relentless. They have great hitting. Uh, they've had great pitching, especially starting pitching. But the last, you know, after winning game one in Boston and making it look like they were just going to keep rolling, look, the Astros are giving up runs like crazy. All of a sudden, the pitching that has been so good throughout the season and so consistent has just been non-existent. And they they didn't hit for the last couple of games. But, you know, last night they hit. They just couldn't, couldn't stop the Red Sox from scoring. But, you know... And then there's the whole sign-stealing thing that's been going on this week with, you know, now Jeff Luno's making statements about it, and it's just... But let's... You know what? I'm not going to get into all that, because I am I really want to just talk about last night. Let me first lay out this. Regardless of the calls that happened in last night's game, and that I'm going to get to that in a second, the Astros have all sorts of reasons to blame themselves. They had Tony Kemp trying to leg out a double in the eighth inning against Mookie Betts, one of the better outfielders in Major League Baseball. You had passed balls all over the place. You had Tyler White 
there with the bat just on his shoulder for four straight pitches, not even taking a hack. Um, you had Jose Altuve, God bless him, like playing on one leg, essentially. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, it was just, they were, the Astros made a lot of dumb mistakes. They had, their pitching was all over the place. Um, you know, Josh James was, it was great to see him, but I mean, he gave up three runs. You know, uh, obviously, Charlie Morton is not fully back. He only made it two and a third. You know, Ryan Presley gives up his first run, you know, in since like mid August. You know, the pitching was not good. So, there were there's plenty of blame to go around. But let's talk about what we all are talking about today and that is the controversial call that t- robbed Jose Altuve of a two-run home run in the first inning. And first, I want to start with a different uh I want to go to a different call first. This was later in the game. I, I cannot pinpoint the exact inning. But there was a pitch that Josh James I believe it was Josh James, threw that would have been a strikeout. And it was called a foul tip at the plate. Now, they didn't call it a foul tip initially, but the the batter complained. Then Joe West, we'll talk about Joe West some more, um, it was foul tipped into the glove of the catcher. So, the or excuse me, not into the glove. It hit the ground, and then he caught it. Now, if it was a foul tip, that's a foul ball, and you keep playing. However, it was not a foul tip. Replays clearly showed it was not remotely close to a foul tip. And uh, the end result was instead of a strikeout, which would have gotten them out of the inning, it was a ball and a walk when they just couldn't have it. I mean, God, the, just the, it's a game of inches. I mean, you saw like... Carlos Correa was three inches from a double play that gets him out of an inning. Instead, he doesn't get there. And Anyway, so that was a bad call. It was a terrible call, and it was a pivotal call. But look, I've been watching sports now for seven uh, years, <laughs> a long time. And it's very rare that I fall in with conspiracy theories when it comes to, you know, sports being rigged. To be honest with you, if I thought sports were rigged, was rigged at all, I would never watch it again. And this is not going to be me ranting and saying Major League Baseball is rigged. Although, I did find it curious that they put up that quote from uh, Goodwill Hunting with a picture of Mookie Betts holding up a sign that said Boston 3-1, to and the tweet said... How do you like them apples? Found that it seemed to, I don't know, seemed a little on the nose. And I, I and I think we all understand that most sports want their biggest markets. Never mind Boston's a smaller market than Houston, but we won't get into that. They want their biggest, you know, teams in terms of popularity in their biggest games. So they clearly want Boston. I mean, can you imagine Houston, Milwaukee instead of Boston, LA? I mean, come on. It's why the Astros were put in the, you know, 1, 1 p.m. slots on the game on the same nights as Yankees-Red Sox because they wanted Yankees-Red Sox in prime time. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I believe in conspiracies and that I believe the Major League Baseball was out to get the Astros and are out to support the Red Sox. 
But in the first inning, when that home run call was taken away from Jose Altuve, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to admit that I was not watching it in real time. Uh, I did come back and watch it because I was watching the debacle at Toyota Center, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Um, first, let's start with the fact that Joe West, who was 400 feet from the outfield, called that thing interference. How he could... You now, look, there was a guy to, if you're facing them, to the right of the guy who was supposedly called for interference who had his hand over the railing, and he was, what a moron that guy was. Anyway, so maybe he saw that guy. But here's the thing. If it was fan interference, that fan should have been kicked out of the game. He was not kicked out of the game because nobody thought it was fan interference. Second of all, the rules clearly state in baseball that if a ball is over the fence, doesn't matter what the fan does, doesn't matter what they do at that point, if the ball is over the fence and you don't catch it, tough luck, it's a home run. So the question was, was the ball over the fence? Joe West says no. In fact, in comments after the game, he was absolutely 100% certain that it didn't go over the fence. You know, and then the replay didn't have an angle to be able to see it because all they saw was front on. They didn't have a side camera. And how do you not have a side camera? Like, all these things in baseball. In professional tennis, they use computer technology to determine whether a ball was in or out. If you've ever watched Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or the French Open or any other tennis tournament, you'll see they'll call for a challenge and they'll show the little digital and they'll show the ball where it actually hit. But it's a digital presentation. So it's a computer that is extrapolating where that ball is. And everyone accepts it. Everyone accepts that that's where it is. Everyone says, yeah, that's fine. If the computer says it's there, I believe the stupid computer, right? And yet, in every other sport, like why don't they have those on the out on the on the lines in football? Why don't they have a computer model? Why don't they have that on the lines in baseball? On the 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 fence in baseball? Why don't have they have that for the freaking strike zone in baseball instead of allowing umpires to decide? Oh, today my strike zone is going to be two inches off the plate, or yeah, I'm going to call high strikes today, but not tomorrow. Instead of human fallibility. How about some technology that we all clearly can see on our televisions? Replay is the best we got, and the replay failed because they didn't have an angle. How do they not have an angle? How do you not have an angle for this type of thing? How do you not have 10,000 cameras? Buy 100 GoPros and station them around the place. I mean, do something. It's unbelievable to me. that in a, in a, and, a, and it was a two-run game. So, Joe West should just not show his face in Houston again. I don't want to talk bad about people. He's just doing his job. But that was unbelievable. It's one of the more unbelievable things I've ever seen. And Major League Baseball continues to kowtow to its, you know, it's the umpires' unions. And I'm not, I'm pro union, so don't get me wrong. But these guys do whatever the hell they want whenever the hell they want to do it. The quickest way to solve that is flush it all down the drain and start over. Flush all of them. And I just, it seems like it's such an ego thing. Like with, with sports and like technology, it's, it's, 
Like an old school, we know best. It's the same way with like analytics. They're like, oh, well, analytics doesn't work because we've always judged it one way. We know from our many years of experience, young fella, that you don't need any newfangled abacus to tell you how things... Well, get the hell out of here with that. Why use technology? Use whatever you've got, man. You use a cell phone, don't you? Oh, I don't need a newfangled cell phone. I have a perfectly good rotary dial at my home. Get the hell out of here with that. If you have technology that can assist you in getting calls right and making the game better, then damn it, use it. (sighs) Okay, so I'm going to calm down and I'm going to move on to the next high blood pressure inducing topic topic two and that's the rockets because i've got to get off the astros because it's over i'm just going to say one last thing they have to win the next three games i think they can win with verlander tonight but what happens i i can't see them winning three in a row i just don't think it's going to happen i'd love it if it did um but i don't think it's going to so i'm going to move on to the rockets in game one of their season game one game one on the same night as the Astros, game one, the Rockets go in and absolutely get annihilated by the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, let me first start by saying this. The Pelicans are going to be a good team. They were actually a good team last year. They had some injury problems. But look, they swept Portland in the first round of the playoffs. Anthony Davis is one of the best guys. He's one of the best, perennially one of the best players in the NBA. There's no shame in being beaten by a, by a good team like the Pelicans. It's going to happen. You know, that's just part of the deal. And the Pelicans are also kind of a bad matchup for the Rockets. Like Julius Randle always seems to torch the Rockets. There are certain players who just love playing certain teams, and he certainly loves playing the Rockets, and he had a great game. And, you know, when you have guys like Nikola Mirotic going off for 30 points, hitting 6 of 8 from 3, I mean, a lot of his shots, he was flinging them up there. So they had a good night. Right? They had a good night. You don't score 131 points in a game unless you have a pretty good night offensively. And they hit a lot of shots. However, one of the big concerns, and I wrote about it just recently to tell everybody they were full of crap. So I feel kind of stupid. But um, recently, this summer, everyone was very concerned. Like We lost Trevor Reza. We lost Luke Bonmute. Suddenly, the Rockets were going to fall off a cliff defensively. Now, I still do not think that is the case. And I'll lay out some reasons here in a moment. But last night was vindication for people who thought that without Trevor Reese and Luke Bamute, the Rockets were going to be terrible defensively. Because let me tell you something. They were utter garbage defensively last night. Now, having said that, I'd like to point out that while they were hot garbage at Toyota Center last night, if you watch the game, and I'm going to probably go back and like skim through it, a lot of their problems were just bad rotations. And bad rotations are things that you can at least fix because a lot of these guys, they, they haven't played together that much, right? James Ennis is a good defender. He's not going to be out of position for the whole season. You know, that's not who he is. You're not going to have Carmelo Anthony telling guys where they're supposed to be on the floor. Um, you're not going to have, a, you know, guys 
on the same side of the floor that should be on opposite. You're not going to have them randomly double teaming guys at times when they shouldn't be. So some of this is going to be corrected simply by virtue of the fact that the Rockets' chemistry as a team, they're, they're on the floor, will improve. But let me tell you something. Last night, they were a nightmare. You know, and, and on top of that, they, they really couldn't shoot straight. I mean, they shot 33% from beyond the arc. They shot 42% from the floor. Um, you know, Eric Gordon was, was bad from three, but he had 21 points because he started going to the basket. I mean, James Harden, look, he almost had a triple-double. He's one rebound shy of a triple-double. Chris Paul was, had 19. But they were... A, <laughs> Harden was negative 23, and Chris Paul was negative 19 on the floor. That's incredible. Oh, and by the way, Trevor Reese had a really good game for Phoenix last night, which doesn't help things. Look, the one thing I will say is that Carmelo Anthony was not here to replace Trevor Reese. Carmelo Anthony was here to replace Ryan Anderson. James Ennis was here to replace Trevor Ariza, and Michael Carter-Williams is your replacement for Luke Bonmute. That's basically the deal. Now, that's not going to make anybody feel better after last night when they were a total just flaming pile of crazy. But the good news is, is that all of these guys do have talent. All of these guys are good defensively. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Michael Carter-Williams is going to save them or that Carmelo Anthony is suddenly going to average 20 a game and blow the roof off the Toyota Center every night with scoring. He doesn't have to. But I do feel like they'll pull it together. As Chris Paul said, you know, you don't have to... The season's not decided in two or three games. But, man, you want to talk about a rough way to start out the season, man. On the same night that the Astros are getting screwed, like, a few blocks away. I mean, that side of downtown, they need to go over there and, like, they need to send... Your best, you need to send your best exorcist and just plant them at Discovery Green. You know, paint a pentagram on the grass if you've got to, sacrifice some chickens. I don't know what you got to do, but there must have been some kind of hex. I feel like last night that uh, I didn't want anybody from the Texans at either of those games because I feel like they'd probably tear an ACL walking out of the stadium. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Half the people who were in the um, in the hotel right there by the George R. Brown Convention Center got, like, Legionnaire's disease last night. I mean, I don't know what happened, but there was a cloud of funk that settled in over that side of downtown. And frankly, I wouldn't go down there if I were you. I have some friends who went last night. I, don't, I need to check on them, make sure they're still alive. So anyway, I'm frustrated. I'm pissed off. I'm sure everybody is. And uh, by the way, I did skip a podcast last week. Um, I don't know if you even noticed. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Who knows? I was very, very busy. Very, very busy today as well. Actually, I probably shouldn't even be doing this. I should be doing my regular job since this doesn't pay me unless you want to send me some money just because you enjoy listening to me, which I don't think you should. But I'm just, it, it just, it's so hashtag Houston sports. You know what I mean? It just feels like there are times when it all just freaking implodes. It just implodes, man. It's like a black hole 
in, on the east side of downtown. Uh, anyway, I'm, as you can see, I'm beside myself. You know, my speech teacher in college called me glib because he said I could talk about anything extemporaneously at any moment. But honestly, I'm a bit at a loss for words, he said after he just said all those words. All right, that's it. I got to let this go. I got to take a deep breath. I'm going to do a little woosah, little uh, walks in the fresh air, some meditation. I'll pet my dogs. You know, I'm going to try to wash this stink of Houston sports off of me. Like, honestly, last night before I went to bed, I took a shower. That's how gross I felt after all of that. So I, I recommend everyone deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, get some meditation, maybe some yoga, you know, let it all loose. And then we'll see what happens tonight. Hopefully, hopefully they can get a win. They can force the the whole series to go back to Fenway, maybe pick up a win in game six, and then who knows, game seven, anything can happen. We'll just keep our fingers crossed for now, and uh, again, just in through the nose, out through the mouth, man. Well, that's it for me. Thanks so much for joining me on episode number 18 of my Houston Sports Cast. Just a reminder, I'll be back on Houston Matters on KUHF next Monday, October 22nd. And then back here again next Thursday. Hopefully I won't have another lapse over a week. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Balky via email jeffbalky at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out my previous episodes and links to the things I discussed here at my blog, jeffbalky.com. Thanks so much for joining me and on to game five.